Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This, this is, is the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to Game of Roses. Welcome to Game of Roses. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. And today we continue Gore Girl Summer with an interview that you are not going to want to miss. Gore Girl Summer. That I can guarantee. I know we always say this is our favorite interview and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's just because... 
each successive interview gets better and better, in my opinion. We got great gore girls. Great gore girls. And we got a great gore girl for you today as well. This is somebody who's been in the pit for a minute, by the way. Uh, she yeah, very openly she discusses really that, <laughs> which was fantastic. But you're going to love hearing who we got for you. But before we get to that, we have just a bit of business. As you know, we have a new beautiful logo for our program called Game of Roses. It's something we're very hard on. We're happy to finally have it. And it is available now for everyone to adorn themselves with on a brand new t-shirt. You go to gameofroses.co and you can pick up uh, whatever size you like. There's a couple of color options and you're going to be able to have these t-shirts ready to wear for the premiere of the Windeckia season, which is not that far away. Every passing day, it gets closer. It's coming up sooner than you think. You know, we've been in Gore Girl Summer for a while. I, well, I feel like we're never going to be out of Gore Girl Summer. I think it's just going to be something we do year round at this point. But Gore Girl Summer is a state of mind. And pick up your new T-shirt for yourself, for your creatures. I mean, you don't want to be at your watch party with no merch. You definitely want to be able to walk into a watch party and proudly display this logo emblazoned across uh -huh. the front of this T-shirt. And everyone who's in that watch party is going to be like, what the fuck is that? And then you get to tell them. You get to drag them deep into the bottom of the pit and explain to them all that what you're about to watch is a professional sport. It is a game of roses. It's a gift that keeps on giving because first you get the gift, the t-shirt. Then you get the gift of the friendships that are going to happen when you're peacocking with the score merch. <laughs> Who knows? It may even land you a soulmate. Friendship was the destination all along the journey. The journey was the friendships and the romance we made along the way. Gameofroses.co. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and we will be back, of course, uh, later this week with a twibbon. But right now, for you, we cannot be more excited to proudly present the next iteration of Gore Girl Summer in this very special... Welcome to the pit. Today, we are joined by a standout player from the highly controversial season 25 of The Bachelor, who would later go on to touch sand on BIP season seven. She's a model. She's one of the strongest parasocial players the game has ever seen. She's a member of one of the most powerful organizations in the history of our beloved game, the Women's Union of season 25. We are humbled and honored <laughs> to have with us today in the pit, Chelsea Vaughn. Thank you for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. I'm so happy to be officially welcomed to the pit. I've been in the pit, like on the low, but um, but it's oh. nice to be officially officially <laughs> <Yeah>. welcomed. <laughs> we remember some of your posts that uh, oh. <laughs> that let us know about that. Yeah, <laughs> the posts that shall not be named. Yeah, no, I, I first discovered you guys when um, when I did my first viral TikTok, actually, when I announced that I was on the show mm -hmm. and then you guys nominated for nominated me for PPOTW. And that's when I found you guys. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, a beautiful origin story. <laughs> I love this. We'll have to I, we have to come back to that. Uh, Chelsea, 
you have 117,000 Instagram followers. Do you know where this puts you on the all-time leaderboard? Oh my gosh, I have no idea, but I can't wait to hear it. Number 142, right between Bachelor Season 24 Resurrection player Alea Benavidez and Season 22 FIMP recipient and package deal player Chelsea Roy. Oh, that's Chelsea and Chelsea, right yeah. next to each other. In the 100 numbers, that's that's pretty good. This is out of, you know, thousands. Okay, I'll take yeah. it. If not 1,000. <laughs> so we're, we're going to get to all of your parasocial plays and everything that you did in game. But before we do that, we always like to ask all players about what made them who they are. And that starts, at least in my mind, with what you watched growing up. Were you into reality TV? Were you watching sitcoms? What, what was your kind of media experience as a kid? I definitely was into reality TV. Like I, I was born in 1992. So when I grew up, I was like watching America's Next Top Model, like the real mm. world. Yeah. Um, like that's what I grew up on. I mean, I also watched sitcoms like, you know, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and Moesha and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I definitely did grow up on reality TV for sure. And I watched The Bachelor. So what was your first season of The Bachelor? Do you remember that you watched? I think it was like right around when The Bachelorette started. Season one of Bachelorette? Maybe not season one. When was that? What year? 2003. 2003. Okay. I would have been like 11. Uh, um. Yeah, it was probably around then when I watched when I like I watched Juan Pablo and like who was Bachelor before that season eighteen. Chris Souls, Ben Flagnick. Yeah, I watched that. Yeah, I watched Chris Souls. Maybe he was first. Okay. Yeah, but I watched it with like my mom and my sister and stuff. And like when I was in college, we used to have like Bachelor watch parties. Like it was a big deal back then. So you were a student of the game. I mean, maybe not overtly, but you were taking in that media and you were understanding the structure of the game like by the time you went into the show you knew what a first impression rose was what night one was group dates one-on-ones you knew all of it the structure yeah for sure i definitely had watched it okay wait can we go back to antm for a second yes my first job or internship was at upn what? and i worked in the media relations department and I went to their like huge event and I was 15. Like I had braces, but I like went up to several of the ANTM people who were there. That is the <laughs> coolest <laughs> first job. That's the coolest first job I've ever heard of. Oh my God. I, I wanted know. to be on America's Next Top Model so bad. That was my dream. I bet. I was like, okay, when I turn 18, I'm applying for the show. And I did. And I was in college and I made it past like two different rounds. I submitted like a home videotape. And then I got cut right before the the part where you go meet Tyra in LA. <laughs> oh, whoa. They're idiots. I know. Uh, Tyra's lost. When I was 15, uh, and I'll just say I wasn't born in 1992, a little earlier. <laughs> uh, my first job was working at Blockbuster Video. Not wow. quite as cool, but I did mm. also have braces. <laughs> my mm. first job was working at Abercrombie oh. in the mall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched that new Abercrombie Doc, have you watched it? Yeah, I watched it. It's funny because I I know a lot of people, like most of my friends, we all worked there in the mall. And the document, like the documentary is all about like their racism and how they only picked like pretty people and they put all the black people in the back. And I'm like, <laughs> I started at that job like right after when you watch a documentary, there's like a whole lawsuit and then they have to start hiring people of color because they're basically like being watched. And that's right when I started working there. <laughs> Oh my God. Wow. I know. 
I was always too scared to go in that store. I was not cool. <laughs> there was like too much. The music was so intense and it was dark and yeah. scary. So you watched Bachelor growing up. Did you have or, or what is your first memory of social media? What was your first account that you had? When was that? And when did you kind of become aware of the fact that like, oh, this could also be a job? Um, so my first social media account, are we counting like AIM, like AOL? I, I think so. Yeah. Okay. I had AIM and then I had Facebook, but it was back when Facebook first started and you were only allowed to be on it if you were in college. Mm-hmm. So like people in my grade were lying about their age so that we could get on Facebook. And then eventually they changed it to high schoolers. So I got my first like Facebook account in 2006, I think. And then Instagram, I think I got it in 2012. Okay. So. And did you know immediately with Instagram, like I need to get a bunch of followers. I'm going to turn this into a job or were you just on it for fun? I was definitely just on it for fun until I started modeling full time. Mm -hmm. And that's when I decided to make an Instagram just for modeling. So that's when I was trying to like actually get followers before that. It was just like, okay, I'm on here to post pictures of me and my friends, whatever. Right. And I actually had another account because my last name is actually not Vaughn. So my middle name is Vaughn. And so when I decided to start modeling, I was like, I want my brand to be Chelsea Vaughn. And so I made a Mm -hmm. Chelsea Vaughn Instagram. And then that's when I started this account that I have now. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I never planned on being on The Bachelor. That just came out of nowhere. (laughs) Right. But now it was kind of like, all right, well, now I got to stick with the Chelsea Vaughn thing. So here we are. (laughs) But it wasn't until I made the move to the Chelsea Vaughn. Is the real last name secret? (laughs) Yeah, I, mean, I haven't said it publicly. I kind of like no one knowing except for like my actual friends. Uh, <laughs> You're like yeah. an undercover CIA operative or something. Yeah. The whole bachelor thing I is mean, just like a scam. To, to You're doing some real actual like deep secret government work. This is going to be the new Netflix documentary. <laughs> Chelsea Vaughn's last name. Speaking of... The Bachelor. How did you get into the game? Were you nominated? Did you apply? Did producers reach out to you? I actually applied. Um, I was one of the few on my season that applied for the show, mm-hmm. which I didn't even realize. Like, I knew people got nominated, but I didn't realize like a lot of people were being reached out to from casting until I got there, and we were all kind of like, "Oh, hey, how'd you guys end up here?" And everyone, like me, me and Abigail, were the ones that were like, "We applied," and mm-hmm. then everybody else pretty much was like, "Oh no, somebody asked us to be here," and I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> Oh, everyone else was recruited? Okay, not everyone else, but like the majority, I would say. And then some people were nominated. Wow. Yeah. But um, interesting. I I never planned on being on the show. Like I never would have applied if it wasn't Matt James. Because like I said, I watched the show. Like I never saw myself going on for like Colton or, <laughs> or oh, Peter. What do you mean? <laughs> I not? think those would have been great matches. Right? <laughs> When did you find out it was Matt James? And did you know who he was from Quarantine Crew and from Tyler Cameron and all that? Yeah, I watched Hannah Brown's season. And I feel like right after that, her and Tyler and they were all in the Quarantine Crew. So like, I feel like everybody saw that on TikTok. Yeah. Um, so I knew he was like friends with them. I didn't know anything else like about him, really. Mm. And then when they announced him, I think it was in like... Mm, May or something? I don't know. It was that summer. I think it was Friday, June (laughs) twelfth. You think? (laughs) Okay. Well, it was in June. And then I applied for the show in July. Okay. 
Yeah. I just think that's like, it's funny to me that you end up working at Abercrombie and Fitch after they've had this whole scandal. And then basically Matt James is cast because the show has been put into this whole scandal of like the the Black Lives Move Matter right. movement is taking off and they just reflexively, they're like, Matt James is the next bachelor. They just like post his picture right. in a way that they had never an announcement they had never made next bachelor like that right um i keep finding myself at the end of these scandals (laughs) yeah hmm there seems to be a pattern here um but they do have the most diverse cast in bachelor nation history for this season yes um but bachelor data through a massive amount of work basically realized that the players got a different different amounts of screen time proportionate to whether they were women of color or not. So yeah, that was, that was a fascinating thing to come out of that. I followed bachelor data when the season was on and I had to unfollow them just because it was like making my skin crawl. Like I really upset me just to see it in print like that. Totally. Cause it was just like, Oh yay, I'm happy to be on like first black bachelor season, historic season. Like Mm -hmm. we have the most diverse cast, amazing women. And then when you see it in black and white like that, I was just like, Oh my God. (laughs) That I think is like one of the strengths of bachelor data is there's no arguing around that. Like in in past eras, you know, when Chris Harrison would get interviewed about like, well, when are you going to have the first black bachelor? And he'd be like, well, it's not about that. It's about (laughs) finding the right bachelor. It's like, no, here's the numbers now, asshole. Like this is what it's about. This is what you're doing. Yeah. Night one, you are limo exit number five. You're in the first limo, which I feel like is generally a good sign. I don't know whether it was actually shot that way or not, but you perform a limo exit, which we call the Blandy, which... You're just like, I'm get, I hope we get to know know each other. I hope we make history together. And he seems visibly interested in you and says she's wearing that dress. Excellent <laughs> dress, by the way. Thank you. Did you have any sort of gimmick or anything else planned? Or were you just like, I'm going to wing it? I thought about it, of course, because I've seen the show. So I was like, okay, obviously I want to stand out, whatever. But it's really not my personality to like do something crazy. So I ultimately was like, okay, I think this dress is pretty sick. I'm a runway model. Mm -hmm. Nobody else is going to be one. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just going to walk up to him wearing couture as a six foot tall woman with a shaved head. And I think I'm going to stand out regardless. So that's what I did. (laughs) Did you, did you think about wearing like super high heels to tower over him? (laughs) That would have been a power move. I was wearing heels, but I would have had to wear like, He's six five, I think. Yeah, I would have had to wear like seven inch heels to pull that off. That would have been awesome. I'm just saying, <laughs> I think that that would have been one of the greatest limo exits in the history of the game. But you finally get into the show. She's trying to find love, Tad. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, there's also Instagram followers to think about, et cetera, et cetera. But um, in week one, you are in an ITM describing Nemecolon by saying. Welcome to the Matto. You do a little pun <laughs> with Matt's name. Was that you or did the producers script that a little bit? That was me. That was me nice. and the, like the girls. We uh-huh. uh when we are walking in, we like we just named it the Matto. <laughs> oh, fantastic. I'm always curious I about that. that. It's a great play. Well, the actual place we were staying in was called the Chateau. Mm-hmm. So that's where Matto came in, you know, a little pun. Yeah. <laughs> Your uh first Group date is on week one. It has 18 players on it. 
the biggest date in history. Yeah. And it is an artistic endeavor group date, a wedding shoot with Franco LaCosta. <laughs> Did you know this was a repeat of the exact same date also with Franco LaCosta from season 21. What did they do on season 21? Paint? The exact same thing in wedding dresses? Not the paint thing, but they had a bunch of players come out, get in different wedding dresses, and then Franco LaCosta shot them with the great one, Nick Vial. Oh, the one where um, the one where Corinne took her top off in the pool. Yes, that exact yes. one. Yes. Yeah, yeah I, I, I thought it looked familiar. <laughs> okay. Well, well, as you just alluded to, this is a little different in that the date turns into arguably a forced violence group date at a certain point where they tell you guys all yes. to go into the woods and play this weird game of capture the flag where you're in the bridal dresses still, but you're throwing paint on each other. What is yes. it like in that moment where you're like, I'm in the show, I'm doing pretty good. And then the producers are like, and now fight for our entertainment. What like, are you and the other players talking at all about how weird this is or like how you can get out of it? <laughs> yeah. So I think that's when it really hit me that I was like, on the show. I don't know. Something about the, fir the first group date because it was so many women. They kept being like, this is the largest group date in history. And I was like, that's not like exactly exciting Good. for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, okay, cool. Let's make history here, but um, not ideal. So like the first part of the date, we had to do the photo shoot part. I was like, okay, cool. Like some girls were like really nervous about doing a photo shoot and taking pictures in front of people. And I was like, okay, sweet. Got this in the bag. I do this for a living. Cool. But then... Did you sabotage other people <laughs> with telling them to make different faces? <laughs> I didn't. But then like, obviously they surprise us with the twist and say like, there's more to the date. Okay. Never would I have guessed that we were going to go tackle each other in the woods. Um <laughs> So yeah, that part was, we were all unhappy and it was cold. Like I was freezing and I just like can't when I'm cold. So I was just, I was very, very unhappy. And then I was on a losing team and I was like, you know, sometimes they say like losing team's not going to get time and they give it to them anyway. So I was like, okay, maybe. And then they really were like, no, nah, y'all are going home. And I was like, oh god <laughs> after all of this that we just did it was too many players i mean we'll get to another group date later where that exact thing happens you were on the kind of opposite end of that but well yeah i was there <laughs> yeah. no but you made history you were on the the date that had the least amount of talking with the lead <laughs> ever yeah <laughs> but you it was historic too because you did get that nice moment where franco lacosta gets up from behind the judges table and sprints out into the forest to get like action <laughs> shots of all you guys that i love hilarious. franco lacosta he's he's one of the, the like greatest that. bystanders of all time but <laughs> in week two you get another group date they don't actually show us the group date later some footage comes out that shows you reaching your hand into boxes full of bugs and stuff to try and get these diamond rings. But we only get to see the after party of that in the actual document. Did the producers ever explain why they cut that out to you? Or did they... Sometimes we know that producers call on the day of uh, and say like, this is kind of what's going to happen in the episode tonight. Did they give you any kind of a heads up or, or anything about that? No, I had no idea that was going to be cut until I watched it. And I was actually really sad because that was one of my favorite, like that was my favorite group date of the whole time I was there. Um, oh, God. Wait, why? It was so fun. <laughs> we did like, like a relay race kind of thing. They showed this at Women Tell All. And so we like were paired up. I was with MJ and we drove around in these golf carts and we went from station to station and we did all these crazy things. It was just really fun. Um, and then hmm. the after party was 
was the after party. They showed the after party. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) You show Matt. This is one this is one of your iconic moments. You show Matt a picture of you and your mom and you have long hair in the picture and it starts this conversation about the role hair has played in your life as a black woman. And I believe you shaved your hair off in quarantine with your roommate. Is I that, did. Is yeah. I love that you guys know what happened on this show more than I did. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I'm like, there was an after party, right? You're like, yes. <laughs> It was June 12th. Yeah, right. June 12th. I decided to shave my head and me and my roommate did it in my bathroom here in this very apartment. But yeah, it was a big moment for me. And it was like, I I don't know. It was really important to me that I wanted to talk about it with Matt. I didn't know if they were going to air it. I didn't know how it was going to go. But I'm glad that they did air it and then ended up getting me the group date rose that night. So it went pretty well. Yes. A zero point rose. Very very exciting. Were you yeah. surprised that they included this in the edit, this conversation? Because to my knowledge, we've never had a conversation like this. Yeah. I mean, based on what you said before about, you know, them scrambling to find a Black Bachelor because of what was going on in the Black Lives Matter, Matter movement, um, it kind of makes sense on that train of thought why they included it. I would love to think that they just included it because it was a great conversation and they wanted their black viewers to feel seen and included. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But, you know, I'll never know why they chose to, but I'm really happy they did. Um, I think when I started watching the show back when I was home, it was just all going by so fast that I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize how much was not going to be included. So then Mm. when it came to that week, I was like, okay, well, it wouldn't really make sense for them to show me getting the group date rose if they didn't show our conversation. So then I was right. like, okay, they probably will show it. And so. then the week that that aired, you also made a fantastic parasocial play, an image on your main grid with the caption that said, I'm not my hair. Did you intentionally time that play with that episode? And if so, how how often does that happen? Are like all of the players basically kind of waiting to see what's in the episode and then pumping out social media that is germane to it? That was definitely intentionally timed. I figured that if it aired, then there would be a lot of people watching it and then they would, you know, want to know my hair story. So I was like, okay, cool. I'll post that um, and make a TikTok. And then uh, I was on Bachelor Happy Hour and Rachel Lindsay had asked me about it. So we talked a lot about my hair then. And they were like, oh, we really want to see the footage of you shaving your head. So then I ended up, that's why I ended up posting that like all at the same time. Um, And then do people intentionally do that? I mean, I definitely was intentional about it. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. I thought about Mm -hmm. like what happened on the show and I thought about what might air in the episodes. And then I would see like trending audio on TikTok and be like, oh, I'm going to make a TikTok about that when that episode comes out. Boom. Yeah. I mean, that's perfect. That's like the best way to do it, in my opinion. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think it was just, it was just smart to like, you know, go with the momentum while people were on my page. So totally. Yeah. The following week, you find yourself on one of the most forced violent group dates in history, (laughs) a literal boxing match this time. Is there any point in the process when producers let you know you might have to get punched in the face in service of finding love? (laughs) I mean, we didn't know what the dates were until obviously the date card. Well, we would guess like the date card is red and it's like 
I don't know what the date card said that week. You probably know. Yeah, it said you have to fight for love. Or are you hey. ready to fight for love is what it said. That's what it said. Are you ready? And we audibly groaned when this date card was read because we were like, oh my God, we're going to have to hit each other again. Like we were like, <laughs> we had had the bridal date. And oh then God. there was a, there was another date that I'm forgetting. In between. Was there not another date in between this? Whatever. There were so many dates where I felt like there was violence. And mm-hmm. so when it said, are you ready to fight for love? We were all like, oh my God, you've got to be kidding me. So then we get there, there's a boxing ring and we all were trying to like convince ourselves that this is not what we were doing. Like we saw the boxing ring and we were like, I think like there's gotta be some funny aspects. Like they're gonna put like, I don't know, something slippery on Pillows. it to make it funny. Like yeah. anything. I was like, there's no way the whole day is just us actually boxing. I was like, there's just no chance. <laughs> And then that's what it was. And I couldn't believe it. Um, <laughs> yeah, we were we were not happy. They did kind of try and trick you because the first half of that group day in the day anyway was you guys all went out into the woods to like just train with, right. I believe it was an Olympic boxer. And yes. so it's like, okay, we're just doing a workout. And then at a certain point, Dark Lord Harrison emerges and he says, now the next part of the day is you guys have to actually <laughs> get in this ring and beat the shit out of each other. And I remember Kit Keenan... Li- is in the document just like, oh, you can see her face falling. She does not want to be there. Is anybody at that point trying to, are you discussing amongst players ways to get out of this? Are any of you openly objecting to either the producers or to each other? I don't think there was a way to, like, I don't think anyone thought there was a way to get out of it. <laughs> like we were there. We, we obviously wanted time with Matt and we, I mean, what were you going to do? Just not, I mean, I guess you could, you know, IFI. IFI. <laughs> yes. My I, back hurts. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's a little, it's a risky move though. Cause like, you don't know what's going to happen with that. It could go one, like you could be, you know, ill or injured. And then that can get you more time with Matt because he yes, feels bad for you. Exactly. Or that could just get you on the bad side of some people you don't want to be on the bad side of. Yeah. And it, <laughs> it was tougher too in the bubble seasons because like if you would have done a real IFI. If you had to go to the hospital. Yeah. Take a hit right. to the face, hit the ground. Now you're out of the bubble and you get sent home. Yeah. No, we were all. Not worth the risk. We were all not, um, not happy. We didn't want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we uh, Yeah. Speaking of things that made you all not happy, <laughs> this is also the uh, the week that five new players come in. Oh, my God. It is something that we've never seen in the history of the show. I mean, there's been seasons that have added new players, like a couple, you know, all-stars on their second tour. But we haven't seen anything like this. And to us, it felt very much like this engineered scheme to disrupt the whole season. And... It seems like it worked. Um, did What was that like when you realized that there's going to be five new people coming in? I mean, it was genuinely shocking just because at the beginning of our night one, they had said that this was the most women they'd ever had in a cast. And it was like 32 oh. of us, I think, mm-hmm. at this point. And so the last thing I thought that was going to happen, like I'm sure I thought there was going to be like twists and turns, you know, there's always surprises at rose ceremonies. But we were just sitting there and one girl came in and then another girl came in and then another girl came in and we were just like, we don't know when it's going to stop. Like we had asked them when they were coming in, we're like, are there more, like how many more of there are of you? Are there? How many are you? God. How many are you? And they had at, like, we had gone upstairs to look out of the window because they were like, 
we're like, yeah, we need you guys upstairs. And then we went to look out of the window and then we saw limos and we were like, what in the world? Like, I thought it was just going to be somebody from a previous season or something. That's what I thought. But then it ended up being five rent. Like we were looking from the window and we're like, we don't know who these people are. And then it was five of them. But that was the night I had a rose already. So I was Mm. a little bit more chill than everybody else. But like, are you guys talking amongst yourselves? Like, do you know that this is a producer scheme? Is anybody having that conversation in the player pool? Like, hey... Uh, chill out. This is just the producers trying to fuck with us. We can't let this get to our heads. <laughs> it didn't seem like it to me. I don't think, I don't think a lot of people thought like that. Like, I think okay. the environment is already so like a high like intensity that people were just mad. Yeah. Like it did, it didn't matter if I had been like, oh my God, guys, chill out. Like this is just the producers messing with her. It wouldn't have mattered. Like it worked. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah. So it was like, <laughs> it doesn't matter if I announced that this is what's happening. Everyone was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> and there was, yeah, there was, there was no, there was no changing that. It was just like, it felt like we were starting over because we had just, I don't know how many girls left the, the rose ceremony before, maybe like seven or something and then like five more came so it was like that last week had just never even happened it was like oh right. reset here we go <laughs> god <Seems> yeah stressful <laughs> a little bit a little bit uh, a little bit uh the following week you get another group date and this time you get the honor of the farm obstacle course <laughs> shoveling cow shit uh feeding goats at this point are you starting to wonder if you'll get a date that isn't uh, absolute torture? <laughs> <laughs> okay, at this point, I was like, it's time for me to get a one-on-one. Like, mm-hmm. I was the person mm-hmm. that was sitting there when they were reading the date card, like, waiting for my name now to be called because everyone else seemingly had gotten a one-on-one already. So by the time we got to the farm date, I was like, okay, what the hell, another group date? But yeah, the farm date was, we were actually happy about it because we it was like chill like we didn't have to hit each other we didn't have to <laughs> we did like after the boxing oh date it was really God. truly like oh. it was like we were oh. so relieved to go to a farm <laughs> like I That's was insane. happy to shovel some shit I was like I'm, I'm happy to shovel shit and like milk a goat as long as it doesn't have to be like anything crazy like we were truly happy about that so like in those kind of moments are any of you saying to each other like how crazy is this that this thing we're in is supposed to be about us finding love with this guy and now we're all just happy to be shoveling shit (laughs) instead of punching each other in the face yes yes i definitely was i was like this is this is crazy um And, and what are those conversations like in the player pool like, are you guys, you know, encouraging each other? Like, fuck it. We just got to get through this. Come on. We can get out of here and get some Instagram followers. <laughs> or or like, like, how does that go? What I'm so curious just about the interactions in the player pool when things like this happen. We kind of were just like, I don't know. Um, we were just happy to be like, <laughs> it sounds so ridiculous. It's like, yeah, we were just happy to be shoveling shit. I understand what you're saying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> See how that sounds. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, oh, wait, I lost my train of thought. The first thing you said was like, are, are we encur- are we like encouraging each other? Like, yeah, like what are you guys saying to each other when it starts to dawn on you that this thing you're in is so bizarre that you find yourself happy to be shoveling shit instead of committing acts of violence against <laughs> one another in service of whatever the producers are doing? Yeah, we all kind of would just be like, like there would be moments on each group date where we would look at each other and be like, I don't know what I did in my life to end up here. 
Oh my like, god. <laughs> we literally said that to each other all the time. Like we would just be like having an outer body experience. Like, I don't know how I ended up here. <laughs> Did you know that in the first few seasons of the show, all of the group dates were like fancy, like, let's go to Vegas, let's fly to Vegas and yes. eat a fancy meal. Okay, you know what? Particularly for our season, especially since I've watched other seasons. I was kind of like, what the fuck is this? Because it's because it was COVID. I think that's why our season, the dates Mm -hmm. were so like stale, reused. And like, they were trying to be innovative in some way by making us do crazier and crazy stuff. When I think before it was like, okay, cool. You could go on a helicopter or like romance Mm -hmm. or whatever. But because they didn't have much to work with because we're in this bubble, I think that's why the dates were so crazy. And so when we were there, we were just like, is this The Bachelor or did I sign up for Fear Factor? Like that's that's what I said on the date that they didn't show because we were sticking our hands into cockroaches and eating like uh, ghost pepper hot sauce. And I was like, this is Fear Factor. I'm on Fear Factor. Yeah. But I mean, they they do Fear Factor dates quite a bit. Obviously, I mean, the Ultimate Viking mm-hmm. did one on his season of Bachelorette where they had to eat the, the dead fish heads and all that shit. And uh, you know, speaking of like recycled dates, the following week, you then are on another recycled group date, which is a copy of a date that happened in season 22, where you and the rest of the players get split up into teams and you go bowling. This yeah. is exactly what they did on Ari Leondyke's season. And the exact yep. same thing happens where they tell the winners, you're going to get special time with The Bachelor. But then at the after party, the losers show up too. And so yeah. you at this point had already been on a group date where the winners do get the actual play for time reward. Right. And now in this one, you get shafted. What does that <laughs> feel like? You're like, finally, I won. This is great. And then nope, fuck you. I predicted it, to be honest, because again, I've watched this show. I've seen that episode. And there were, no, but there were, there were, there were only four of us on the winning team. So I was like, there's no shot. They let us each just have like hour, an hour with Matt. Like there, I was just like, there's, they're going to bring them. They're going to bring them. So like when they actually did show up, I was like, oh, shocker. (laughs) Here you guys are. But yeah, I, I don't know if the rest, I mean, I don't know. I, I made my opinion clear. So I think the rest of my teammates were not shocked either because i was like guys they're coming <laughs> we were skeptical yeah. yeah there's there's a catch i know yeah, this. they're coming we're not in shit and punching but i did get to talk to them before the rest of them got there so i again i was like okay at least i got to talk to them before they came <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah you was this your last week week five yes. yeah that's the end of me <laughs> and so you never got a one-on-one the whole season did you when you leave the show after having had that experience, you went on a bunch of different group dates and they were torturous in one way or another. <laughs> you never got the one-on-one date. Yeah. Did you feel that that was a decision made by Matt James or by the producers? Um, In the beginning, when the dates were chosen, it made sense to me. Like I was like, okay, I think he really likes this girl. Like you can tell when he talks to this girl, like that's someone he's into or like, he gave her a rose really early on in the ceremony, which I personally thought was important, but everyone else didn't agree with me. Like, I thought if you get a rose, like in the beginning, like he likes you. And I still, I stand by that. Yeah. Um, we think that too. <laughs> I mean, statistically it's true. But yeah. So like the girls that got one-on-one dates in the beginning were like girls on the first night that had gotten roses very early on. <clears throat> and I got the third rose on night one. So I was like, oh, he likes me in my mind. <laughs> 
So then as the weeks and weeks go on and it's the fifth date card that I'm on for a group date, I was like, okay, towards the end, I was just like, okay, I don't think, I don't think he's making like these decisions anymore. And that's just my opinion. I don't have any proof on that. But um, towards the end when like Katie got a one-on-one and then who else? Somebody else got a one-on-one that I was just like, that should have been me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I think, yeah, that's when I started to question uh, how they were being decided on. And then I wasn't necessarily the most forthcoming person when I was being interviewed. Like I'm not a super emotional oh. person. I'm not super like dramatic or anything. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty chill. And it's hard to get a rise out of me. And so I understood why if Matt wasn't the one being making those decisions, why I wasn't chosen because like maybe they wanted other people that were going to be more like dramatic or entertaining for TV purposes or whatever. Like I was there trying to make a connection with Matt. <laughs> yeah. What were some of the tactics that producers would use in those ITMs to try and get in quotes a rise out of you? Um, I mean, I don't think they were... Uh, <laughs> Let me, let me figure out how to phrase this. Um, I'm not trying to get in trouble, guys. Just don't get me in trouble. No, it's, um, no there's, you don't have to answer anything you don't want to, please. There's I no, know. no obligation. I just, I'm just saying that other girls were easy, were, were, were more emotional than I was. Like if I was a producer and I wanted to see some anger, see some fireworks, see some tears, like I wouldn't have picked me. I would have picked somebody else. Right. Yeah. So between your games, you mentioned earlier that you had your first viral TikTok and that we gave it parasocial play. <laughs> what was this TikTok? What went into it? And how did you feel once that happened? Well, when so in between like filming being done and them announcing the cast, I was like, okay, I want to like tell everyone that I'm going on Bachelor and I want to do it in a creative way. And then that TikTok audio hot girl summer like was going viral like hello hot, what is it <laughs> i'm busy right now i'm doing oh my god i can't talk right now yeah, yeah i can't oh, talk right yeah. now um and then i just thought about like announcing the show and then i i saw the first promo and it had me kissing matt in the clip with his eyes open and <laughs> and I put the clip into a TikTok with the like I can't talk right now I'm busy doing hot girl shit and then it was me applying for the Bachelor and then me on the Bachelor and that was my kind of like announcement and yeah it took off. <laughs> Clues. It is springtime. It is the off season. It is gore girl summer. The weather's getting warmer. Thank you. Dark Lord Palmer. And it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and cowls and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul, get those staple pieces, and I found quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces keeping me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I got the cotton modal scoop neck tee. It is so cute. It is literally the first thing I reach for in my dresser when all my clothes are washed. You know those special items. If you are not like Clues, who only wears one outfit. I'm Quince head to toe at this point. I'm a Quince boy. (gasps) I'm a source boy, Quince boy. You got no idea. I'm wearing Quince t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince long sleeve t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince sweaters, Quince pants. I'm Quinced. (laughs) 
Just call me Quinced. King Quinces. Okay. They call me. I love Quince. Okay, Quince. Uh, get warm weather ready with Quince. Be a Quince King yourself or Quince Queen. Go to Quince.com slash roses for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash roses. Clues. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect T-shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect T-shirt does exist. And you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in onyx. That's kind of a dark black color. And the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite, which is kind of like a blue green. And they're both so comfortable. It's basically like you are wearing nothing. Great for free spirit types. Well, for all the free spirits out there right now, you can shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes XXS through 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Again, that's Skims. Game of Roses is sponsored by BetterHelp. Clues, uh, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And if you keep them all bottled up, it can affect you negatively. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. You might be taking care of your physical body, but are you taking care of that beautiful mind, Clues? Yes. I have benefited from therapy greatly in the past. Uh, It has helped me get through stressful experiences, manage boundaries, learn coping skills. You know, the the whole premise of life is is kind of a, a, it's a lot to undertake and therapy can help with that. Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire. Then you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. And then you also engage, I mean, we, we said this up top, you engage in some very, I think, powerful parasocial play during the course of the season. Once the controversy with Chris Harrison is erupting, you and all the other players of season 25 post this union post, basically, on Instagram saying that you stand with Rachel Lindsay and condemning the racism that's inherent in the show. Do you know how did that play come about? Who kind of masterminded it and who made the call to you and who did you call and how did that whole thing go down? Um, so it was me and four other of the black women on my season or five, five, five of us. And we were just like talking about the entire situation. Like we had a group chat and we were just talking about everything. And, um, like I had met Rachel Lindsay before I was on the show 
And like, I had her number and we all just were like trying to figure out a way that we could show support for her because like what happened was fucked up. (laughs) And so we kind of just like came up with it and we're like, okay, well, I think if we did it, it'd be really powerful. But then we were like, okay, I think it'd be even more powerful if we got every single person on our season to do it. So then like the group chat of us reached out to the big group chat, which had everyone from our season in it and asked them, you know, like, Hey, this is what we're doing. If you guys want to do it, we'd love that. And then the guys from Taisha, Klaisha's season ended up doing their own statement to support our statements. And then it like kind of snowballed from there. And it was, it was really cool. It was like a, a cool way to kind of, I mean, we couldn't really clap back because we were like <laughs> still under contract. And it was kind of scary to do it because I was like, I mean, I don't know if like they're going to come for us or like what's going to happen if we like kind of speak out against the franchise. But at that point, like it was bigger than that to me. So like we were like, we're doing it. doesn't matter the consequences. We're doing it. And it was well received. It's one of my favorite parasocial plays we've ever seen in the history of the game. I did not know that you were one of the originators (laughs) of it. So I want to thank you. I mean, it is scary. I was, you know, I feel that that vague fear. Yeah, it was. We And that's why when we first like were talking about it, we didn't really say who originated it because we didn't want to be like singled out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But at this point, I'm like, okay, I think it's cool to say that. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's amazing. I mean, that we talk all the time on our show about how like players, if they collectivize, they unionize, they can take some power back from the producers and from the network and from the production companies that make this. And I think... I mean, you guys really, that was the first time we ever saw something like that. I hope it's not yeah. the last, but I think you really opened a door for what is possible parasocially from players. If you all stand together on something, some social issue or whatever it may be, shit happens. You can get things done. I, I was blown away by it when you guys did that. Yeah, it was pretty It was pretty cool to see. Yeah, and then the guys joining in and it created change. <laughs> it really, no, it really, it was like the catalyst of, of um, you know, of the downfall of DLH. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I just got chilled. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I mean, there were so many contributing oh. factors to that that we've talked about, but like, I think that that's one of the, one of the most powerful, you know, Rachel Lindsay, she's, uh, she's done a lot, done a lot for the franchise. Yeah. And, uh, I was I was happy that everyone stood with her. Back to the game. You <laughs> join for Bachelor in Paradise for your Woo. next next season and you're brought in during guest host Titus Burgess's tight ass party. <laughs> were you did you know that this is how you were entering the show or they were they just like go down this tunnel who knows what will be there? <laughs> Yeah, you can take off the blindfold in the next 10 minutes. Yeah, take the blindfold off. Ask no questions, remain silent. Yeah, so I didn't know how I was going to go in. I've watched Paradise as well, so I assumed I would go in like everybody else. You know, you go down with a date card by yourself, um, which I eventually ended up doing. But I didn't know until like right the day, yeah, the day before that I was going in in some sort of party form. Mm-hmm. Um, and they haven't really done anything like that except for maybe like the wedding when they like yes. brought randos in. And so right before we entered the party, like, yes, we knew we were going into a party and then we were all there together. Like me, Alea, Alana, 
and McKenna, the four of us. So that's when, like, at first I didn't know who, I don't know who was going to the party with me. I didn't know who was going to be at the party, like nothing. Um, but then the four of us like came together right before and then we walked in and then saw, and they didn't know who was coming either. So it was just a big, <laughs> big surprise for everyone. And prior to that, are you just kept in a hotel room like a prisoner? Yes. Do you have no contact with anyone else except producers? Correct. Damn. And how often are they... Do they even give you just like checkup calls once a day where they're like, hi, just wanted to make sure you're you're doing okay? Or do you hear nothing from them? Is it like they slide a tray of food under the door? <laughs> like what, what is that experience like being in the hotel room? No, that was brutal. The hotel room was the worst part um, for me just because I was... I came in halfway through the season. So I was in there for a while and I didn't have, yeah, I had no contact with barely anyone. And it was in Mexico. Like I'm working on my Spanish, but I don't speak Spanish fluently yet. Like there were no, I couldn't watch anything on TV because <laughs> there were no English channels. So it was really brutal. So I was very happy. Do they let you take in a book or anything? Yeah, I have books. I, um, okay. I read through, I thought like bringing a few books would be fine. I was like, oh, I'm not going to read that many books. And I read through four books in the first two days. Cause you don't have a phone <laughs> or anything. You don't have yeah. the internet. It's yeah, crazy. It, it was, it was bad. It was, it was, I was doing crossword puzzles. I was doing word searches. I was doing exercises. Like it was just, yeah. Counting the minutes. When you finally entered the beach, what was the vibe like this season? I feel like this is the first season where we really had um, what we call company players, like players who host podcasts on the beach. Did you feel like that affected the dynamics on the beach? Were you like extra wary of the podcast hosts in general? I didn't think about it when I first got there because I just feel like maybe if I'd come in day one, it would have been more apparent. Mm. But I came in in the middle. No, I came in after Piper. So like the Piper, Brandon, Natasha, Joe, all of that had already happened. And then I was there for Joe, like, you know, kicking them off the beach. Um, but I had already met like Natasha and hung out with her in New York. And I had already, I already like, did I meet Becca? I don't know. I, had, I felt like I already had a relationship with all of them. So it didn't like really cross my mind until maybe Tia came in. <laughs> mm. and Tia wasn't a podcast host yet at the time but it it was just clear that like some people were favored and some people weren't that's how I felt about it like that's when I realized like oh we're playing different games <laughs> and how was that like favoritism expressed what made you start thinking like wait a minute they're getting to eat <laughs> not like just regular uh cheese quesadillas all day long or like what was the thing you know <laughs> It's like, wait a minute, I don't have to just eat pizza and chicken nuggets? <laughs> no, we all had the same, uh, we all had the same food. The same food, that's good. <laughs> um, they, they, and I, I'm pretty sure somebody else has said this publicly, so I really don't think I can get in trouble for it, but like they had to go get like separate time away to like go film the podcast and stuff. So like they got like oh, right. their electronics at some times and like mm -hmm. they were like, oh, and they were all like, just very close with the producers and like yeah they've been in this franchise for years so that makes sense but like some of these people are like friends like good friends of becca and tia mm -hmm. and yeah so it's just like it's like if you go into an environment where some people are best friends with the people that run the show and some people aren't like that's that's yeah just how, that's yeah how it was. well i mean yeah. they set some people up what they did to ivan hall who you had a couple of conversations with over the course of Paradise after your uh, exchanging of roses with Aaron Clancy. But yeah. 
I think recently he's talked about that, how a producer just came into his hotel room, dropped off a cell phone that was open with the room number of Alexa Ray Caves, who he told them he wanted to come there to meet. They set him up. Yeah, I mean, I this is um, when the storm happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had to go. <laughs> so we had to go. Wait, was that air quotes on the storm? Was there no storm? Look, I didn't see a raindrop is all I have to say. Um, when they came back the next day and there was like shit, they had like a, a plant was knocked over and there was a chair knocked down. I was like, the producers fucking knocked over that plant, that chair. There's no way. There's no way. Oh my God. I was tricked. I was tricked. I think that there was a, genuinely supposed to be a storm. And like par- the house that we're staying in is like, it's it's open like it's an open resort situation so like if there was a really bad storm like yeah we would be fucked because there really aren't like walls um so i think there really was a storm coming (laughs) i do think it was just exaggerated um (laughs) quite a bit (laughs) yeah i don't i i I don't know what happened in that hotel room with the phone and the but like he had made it clear that he wanted to see Alexa, that like he wanted to be on the beach for Alexa. He was waiting for Alexa. So like, I wouldn't be surprised if that was done on purpose. Like, it's just, there were too many things that didn't add up. Yeah. You mentioned that you got there after the Brendan Natasha Piper thing happened. You Are you friends with Piper? Yeah. Did she explain what had happened to you? What What did you think about that whole situation? So like... Piper didn't want to go to paradise at all. Um, honestly, neither did I. Like a lot of us, especially the people of color, were like, we're not fucking going. Like, look what happened last season. Um, so then, you know, we had a lot of conversations and we were told that it was going to be like fun and different and yada, yada, yada. <laughs> <laughs> this will be fun uh, and yeah. different. Please come to the beach. Yeah. Sounds like bigger air quotes than the storm. Fun and different (laughs) shit. Right. It was different. I'll give it that. So anyway, I decided to go. Everyone else decided to go or not go for their own reasons, whatever. But Piper like had work, like she has a full-time job. And so she was like, I literally actually can't go because of work. And I was like, okay. And then I was in quarantine. Like I was in my room with no phone, like no access to anything that was going on. So then when I walked on the beach and saw Piper, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like I was genuinely shocked <laughs> that she was there because we live, we both live in New York together. So like I hang out with her all the time and I had, I truly had no idea that she was there. Um, so that I was even shocked. And then I found out like from everyone else, like this is what happened. This is what was going on. Like Natasha had told me her side of things. Cause we went on a double date together with, Damar and um, Ed. And so she had told me everything that happened. Oh, right. The painting date? Yeah. They didn't really show much of that either. But yeah, she had told me what had happened, but I was kind of just like, I don't know what's going on. I wasn't here. And so I was really shocked when I watched it back because I truly had no, like, I did not know what went down. Well, they got super vilified for obviously having like a prior relationship, but also they had them on camera talking about Instagram followers. Yeah. Does everybody else at least talk about it kind of casually? The f- like, what are your numbers at? Or, oh my God, this happened to me when I posted this. Or do people also talk about casually, like who is hosting a podcast and stuff like that? You mean like on camera or just in general? Just in general on the beach when you're there in paradise, not on mic, not on camera. But when that stuff's gone, are you guys pretty open about that? I don't, mm, not like during filming. I think people would be afraid to like talk about that during filming. Mm-hmm. Um. 
obviously oh, in that clip, like they didn't think they were being filmed at the time. I think yeah. that was obvious. Um, but like in real life, yeah, we all talk about that. Like we all, you know, we talk about like, we even talk about like our rates and stuff to make sure like, Hey, what'd you get from this brand? Like make sure like we're getting the same thing or like what happened when you work with this? Like, yeah, we all talk about it. It's our job. That's great. Um, but it's kind of, but it's unspoken that like people don't really talk about it on camera. It's yeah. Kind of- like, I don't know. I feel like some people are like a little bit, I don't know. We're up on their high horse about that, about like, oh. oh my God, like I can't believe they're talking about Instagram followers. And I'm like, we all, if if you're not dumb, mm. <laughs> you know that going on this show is probably going to get you a follower or two. Like, it's of just course. realistic. Like, I'm just a realistic person. Like, d- I just don't think that it necessarily has to be two separate things to be like going for the right reasons and going and like hoping to get followers. Yes, of course. They're the same fucking thing. I would just say, uh, I have a question. Is one of those people that you think's up on the high horse, I'm not going to, you know, mention last names or anything, but is the first name grocery store? <laughs> <laughs> is the first name grocery store? Oh my God. <laughs> no need to answer. No, I actually wasn't talking about him. I was talking about, there were some girls I remember we were like sitting by the pool whose first or last names I won't mention. But they were just like going, <laughs> they were just like going in and like going on about like, oh my God, I can't believe like this and I can't believe that happened. And I was just like, we, we all are doing brand deals. Like let's calm down. Like it was, it's yeah. just, it's yeah. very interting that element of the game to me. It's I I liken it a lot to pro wrestling. Pro wrestling has a, a term called kayfabe, which is basically like the wrestlers never, when they're in the ring at least, don't break character. And for a long time, up until <laughs> kind of contemporary era, they wouldn't even break character when they were just out in the world. But I think in Bachelor, that maintenance of the idea of for the right reasons is kayfabe. And at this point, talking about Instagram followers or podcasts or any of that shit is for the wrong reasons. And so especially when you're on camera, but even when you're not, if you're like a podcast host too, you have to uphold it. You're always just adamantly against that. And meanwhile, you know, grocery store has a million followers plus and he's he's doing all these podcasts. So it's clear that he's like at least a little bit indulging all that shit too. You just calling him grocery store is so funny to me. <laughs> I didn't make that up. He ex- fully accepted the name. That's not on me. There was a scene where people were, I can't remember exactly who it was, but they were sitting on the edge of the pool and they were like, can you believe it? it seems like they just want to be here to be on television. And I was like, but they're saying this to a camera. It was wild. While you're on television. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, it reminds me of um, of Thomas too. And like the whole reason he became a villain on KD season was because he said that, yes, there was a thought that crossed oh, his yeah. mind about being the bachelor. It's like, yes. what? Like, yeah, everyone's mind. It's, it's crossed everyone's mind as a possibility like that if you go on this show not mike johnson <laughs> never crossed his mind he didn't even know that there was a show called the bachelor <laughs> he thought it was just the bachelorette oh my god <laughs> we talked to peter weber and he mentioned that in his season of bachelorette there were actually producers who talked to them before the season and said some of you are going to come out of this with like instagram followers and you're going to be famous and one of you might even be the bachelor so at least on that season, on Hannah Brown's season, producers came out and actually said, like, you need to kind of prepare for this or be thinking about it. And so then to vilify somebody for thinking about the very thing a producer told you to think about is crazy. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. But that's what producers do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Chelsea, I have a question for you. I think everyone is dying to know. Oh, God. What happened to the podcast? X is in the city. Four single 20-somethings living in the city. A podcast with Chelsea Vaughn. Last name unknown. Kit Cannon, <laughs> Abigail Herringer, and Piper James. <laughs> um, okay. It wasn't going to be a podcast. It was going to be an Instagram live series. Ooh. Oh. We were going to go live weekly and talk about, you know, everything that happens in New York, dating life, friendships, yeah. whatever. We had to um, put a pin in that. <laughs> oh. We were still mm. under contract at the time. And um, you can fill in the rest of the blanks for why you can't find anything about that on the internet. <laughs> yeah. I There's been so much stuff like this that has come out in the past couple of years. Jed Wyatt had a podcast called Jed Talks that he was billing as like the first episode was going to be him setting the record straight on if he cheated on Hannah Brown and who his ex-girlfriend was and all that stuff. And supposedly it was recorded, ready to roll, and then never came out. That podcast (laughs) just died, you know, before it was ever really released. Yeah. A lot of stuff gets silenced, I feel like. I think people were more excited about exes in the city. Yeah. I mean, I didn't hear about the Jed thing. That is, that makes sense why they wouldn't let him you know, tell his, his, his truth or whatever. I feel like it's just a bad move though. Like they should want all players out there doing podcasts, social media, as much as possible. They should want people from their show promoting their experience in the show, their identities on social media, all of that shit. And the fact that they just, they want to control it so tightly is a strange, but B (laughs) counterproductive. I mean, it, it obviously is to, to uphold the lie of the show, but I don't think they know exactly what they should be doing with social media. They, they've they been fucking around with it for a long time, but they still don't know. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I feel like if I'm successful and I was on your show and I'm known for being on your show, then you're successful. Like the more successful I am, yes. I, that should be a good thing for you. So like, I don't understand why we can't do more when we're still under contract. And it's like people that go on Love is Blind or, or like Too Hot to Handle, whatever, like Love Island immediately are doing things right after they come off the show. And I think that it, it helps them and it helps everyone involved. So I don't know, they have different contracts. Um, so I think it's a little bit old school of them to like keep us, I don't know, controlled for a while. It's like, totally. I mean, the bachelor was born in an era pre social media 2002 I don't even think you had MySpace yet at that point. Maybe you did. But it was right around then. But like, certainly right. no Instagram, certainly no Facebook, certainly no modern social media. And I think as that stuff has started to evolve, it has caused certain problems for the show with like Caitlin Bristow accidentally <laughs> revealing who fucking yeah. winner was. Shit yeah. like that, you know? And so they view it, I think, as a bad thing that that takes control away from them, which is just not the case. It's like social media is more important than reality TV at this point. Reality TV fuels social media and they should embrace that, I feel like. but Yeah. I also think that like the streaming aspect of like those other shows is really helpful because everybody has Netflix and Hulu and wants to watch it that way. Like who's sitting down and turning on cable and watching ABC anymore? Um, like I feel like that's part of the reason why it's going. <laughs> I guess me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But like everybody what, you else watches. Cable? No, I have YouTube TV, but I had cable until last year. I still had cable. I was still watching that shit on ABC every Monday night. Okay, well, nobody that I know has cable. So it's like, 
(laughs) That's why I'm like, I think if it was streaming, it might not be as, I don't know. Everyone feels like it's like the show is just going downhill now because it kind of is. It's just a price point, I think, for Warner Brothers owns the show, but ABC is the one that broadcasts the show. So right now, whatever deal they're in, and they just renewed, obviously, for the next season of Bachelor to be on ABC, whatever deal exists is still lucrative for both of those companies in a way that is like, at this point, less trouble than figuring out, okay, well, what are we going to do now? If we yank Bachelor from ABC, that means very likely it goes to HBO Max, which is Warner Brothers streaming platform. And does that get them more viewers like how does it become as profitable as it has been for the past 20 years i the time is coming for sure but not for another (laughs) year at least yeah as a long time watcher of the show why do you think the show is going downhill i think it's that reason i think it's the streaming and i also think that people don't care to watch the way that this format of a show is anymore like i think not that people were more dumb in the past but i (laughs) but i think that like people were more willing to believe that like reality TV was real mm-hmm. because there were, you couldn't really pull back the curtain. Like you can now that there's social media, like we can see what everyone's doing at all times and everyone can do podcasts and do lives and talk about things before it was like, you really watch reality TV and you're like, well, wow. Like that's what happened on America's next top model. Like I think now people are more informed and then they watch it and they're like, well, this is stupid. I want to watch like, something that's more real. And I think that's how people feel about The Bachelor. They think it's dumb and it's like, okay, I don't want to watch this anymore. People are like pretending to all fall in love with one person and like the format of 30 people and one person is a little bit unrealistic. So I think that's why people enjoy Paradise more because it's more realistic to be like, okay, 12 guys, 14 girls, like people really can find love. Yeah, well, and it has a a bunch of successful couples that have come out of it. So there's actual proof to back that up, you know, that thought. But I would also argue though that things like Love is Blind, or Love Island or any of that yeah. shit, I think is just as fake as Bachelor. Oh, I agree. I think it's very produced as well. Yeah. But I think it's the format that makes it seem a little bit more realistic for people to watch. Yeah. And it doesn't take itself as seriously. Right. Like they joke. It's a joke. Like they make fun mm. of themselves on the show. Um, yeah. And yeah. it's that kayfabe thing, like with Love Island or uh, most of the island shows, I would say, they're presented almost as games. They say yeah. like, you know, in, in like Fuckboy Island, it's like some of right. these people who win money and some aren't, for example. But right. Bachelor, I think one of its kind of like, it's one of its hallmarks, but it's also maybe its death knell is the idea that they never say it's a game. This is only ever about finding love and that's it. It's always for the right reasons, 100% and anything else won't be tolerated. And as we said in the very beginning of this, that's just not true. For the right reasons and for the wrong reasons are both part of this. They are two sides of the same bachelor coin. Yeah. I mean, on Love Island, you win money and like there's mm-hmm. no money on Paradise. It's just about love. There's only money if you're Michelle Young. Yeah, what? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I forgot about that. <laughs> so wild. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in... um 
refractory body problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's fiber skincare. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe, unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura Frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabooli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. Cute. It's the next best thing to, to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things and I need an easy install. And oh. this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, Frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Speaking of important things, Chelsea, you won a golden horseshoe when you were <laughs> digging through the goat shit. Do you still have this golden horseshoe? Is it for sale? I actually, I actually do have oh, it. It's in my closet. That's awesome. Yeah, I kept it. Yeah, that was one of my most exciting yet disappointing moments of the show because 
<laughs> because I'm digging for this horseshoe. And they've told us before we start, like Farmer Ty or whoever it was, was like, you guys, this is going to be the most amazing prize for whoever wins this horseshoe. Like you want this horseshoe. Like you're going to, everyone's going to be jealous of what you get when you get the horseshoe. And so we're on our hands and knees, like digging for this thing. And it's the cult. Like, I wish I could, I don't know exactly where it is. I would pull it out for you. But like, it is the color of hay. Like you, I, we were looking for like gold, gold. And Mm -hmm. it's the exact same color as the hay. So (laughs) we're searching for this thing forever. I finally find it. And I'm like, woo, this definitely means I'm going to get some extra one-on-one time with Matt. Like, this is so worth it. No. I got no, I got no time. I got nothing. What was the prize? Did anything come with it or was it just the horseshoe was the prize itself? The horseshoe was the prize after all that. (laughs) I was like, you have got to be joking. (laughs) And like, honestly, I think if somebody else had found it, I really think if somebody else had found it, they would have given them time. I think whoever found it, the prize was going to be based on that. Interesting. That's a per- oh that's God. that's what I think. I think like when I found it, they were like, "All right, not the worst, not the best, but like let's just not give her some time." <laughs> I think that they do. I think that they do make decisions based Absolutely. on that and like have relay races, and they're like, "Oh wait, that person won." Yes. Right. It means nothing. <laughs> or they'll give like an MVP to somebody in like a soccer game or a football game, but the MVP will be on the losing team, and the MVP. Also- also gets to come, gets you know, shit come. like that. Yes. He is based on some sort of amorphous uh, qualities <laughs> that no one shall know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, I, I do believe that. That, yeah, like if I don't know, if somebody else had won Serena P or something, like they probably would have gotten extra time or whatever. Yeah. But I did get oh to go God. first at that, um, at that rose ceremony that night. That date, I got to talk to Matt first. So I guess that was my prize. And who set yes. that up? The, the getting to talk to him first. Producers come to you and they're like, you go talk to him now. Yeah, like you don't... Eh, let me not get in trouble. But like, <laughs> it's, right. I, I, don't, I don't get to decide the order. Understood. Is what... Yeah. <laughs> let me ask you this. In addition to the Golden Horseshoe, do you have any other artifacts from your time in game? Either Paradise or Bachelor? I have my date card from Paradise because that was my first one-on-one. I oh, finally got a cool. one-on-one. Yeah. with Aaron. So that was my very first and only one-on-one. So I have the actual date card and it says the bigger the hoops, the bigger the chance of finding love. <laughs> Do you have that yes. framed somewhere? No, it's right here in my desk. I have it. Oh my God. I would have that thing in a giant gold frame that takes up the size of my entire <laughs> wall if I had something like this. I should put it. And you should put up like hoops you wore on the show next to it. Yeah. I should put the date card with the golden horseshoe. That is amazing. And you know what else I actually have is the outfit that we wore to the boxing date. <laughs> that's pretty cool. <laughs> I've got the like robe and the shorts. Yeah, that's cool. But yeah, other than that, just uh scars <laughs> yeah just just, the Mem- scars. just great memories <laughs> yes. just a little serena pit blood on one of the boxing gloves <laughs> that was uh i don't know who fought her just no not just then yeah rachel i think it was rachel kirkconnell that yep. Her. <laughs> yep that's what i kept from the show well what about the friendships oh yes of course no i actually do have amazing friendships from the show and a lot of the girls from my season ended up in new york so Mm-hmm. It worked out. So a lot of us are here and still hang. I didn't really make any friends on Paradise, I guess. <laughs> because like, <laughs> I, 
I had already known. Next time. Yeah, I know. I had already, <laughs> I knew everyone there pretty much. Um, but I also feel like because I came in halfway through, like everyone had bonded on the first couple of days. Yeah. And by the time I got there, everyone was like haggard and like so tired. Like they weren't even excited to see me. They literally were just like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. Paradise is such a hard game if you come in late. You're you're at an extreme disadvantage in a way that does not exist in the main game, I think. Because yeah. everybody's paired off. And like you're saying, they've been drunk for like a week straight. <laughs> they're all just like sunburned and fucking ready to die. Yeah, they're hot, exhausted, like overheated. Yeah. Um, yeah, we saw McKenna's breakdown when she realizes she has to go out with <laughs> oh, Ed. God. <laughs> that was brutal. She was the last one that came in. Like that is, that sucks. Yeah. Like I thought I had it bad, but she came in last. <laughs> Oof. Um, are you still watching the show? Actually, no. The only reason I watched Katie's season was because I wanted to see the guys that I had just like dated or whatever in Paradise. And then the only reason I watched Michelle's season is because Michelle is my friend and I wanted to like support her in her season. So then once I was like, okay, I actually don't know a single person on this season anymore. I don't have to watch it. So oh. Clayton's season, I didn't watch a second of. And I that's like the first season I haven't watched in, I mean... I've watched so many seasons. Like I used to watch every season. Yeah, Clayton's is the first season I just really didn't watch because I was like, I need a break. Like I unfollowed all the Bachelor accounts. I unfollowed you guys, even though I didn't want to. I <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys. I really did. That was going to be the no, next No, I really do. I... What the heck? <laughs> yeah, we know this. <laughs> no, I did not want to unfollow you, but I had to commit. I unfollowed every single account that had to do with The Bachelor mm-hmm. and some people that I just didn't like. <laughs> and I just like needed a cleanse for the feed, but I follow you guys on my Finsta. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh we'll take God. it. Are you going to, are you going to pick back up for double bachelorette season or are you out for good? I have no plans to watch that. I'm just not invested now that I don't know any of the girls. Like I don't, I didn't watch them, so mm-hmm. I don't care to watch their season, but I will probably watch paradise okay. because mm-hmm. I know people on paradise mm-hmm. and I know some people, well, I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure some people from my season, Matt's season are going to go. So yeah. And I just, it's more fun to watch. So I think I will watch Paradise. So you're not totally out then. You're still keeping a toe in the pool. (laughs) I just, well, yeah, I guess with my Finsta and my Paradise watching. Yeah. Yeah. Once your Finsta is out, (laughs) then you're really out. (laughs) No, I need, I, I, yeah, I'm going to watch Paradise. I'm not totally out. I'm I'm out of the main game, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Out of the main game, would you ever go on any reality TV show again, Bachelor or otherwise? I wouldn't rule it out. I love reality TV. Okay. And apparently since I was 10, I've been wanting to go on America's Next Top Model. I've wanted to be on reality TV. Right. Um, so, yeah, no, I would go on something else. Like, I like competition shows. Like, I would go on The Challenge or, like, Big Brother or something. That'd yeah. be awesome. I know. I would love to go on The Challenge. I used to watch that one too, but we'll see. Yeah. Well, wherever you wind up, we will certainly watch you because you're one of our favorite players from season 25, of course, but yeah, I'll follow you on my real prof, my fan. <laughs> yeah. We follow you on 10 different accounts a piece just to let you know. Okay. Honestly, I was so excited for this interview because I do feel like you produce some of the best social media of anyone. Oh my God. Thanks guys. It's true. I feel like we've given you Parasocial Play of the Week a lot. What are you up to now? Where can people follow you? So I've been doing less modeling just because when I, when like COVID stopped, I mean, started, 
the industry just got like real crazy and then it hasn't really come back as strong and the rates are like super low. And I mean, just to be honest, like I make so much more money doing Instagram content and TikTok content than modeling. Um, so I haven't been doing a ton of that, but I am working on some new projects in the future mm. um, this summer and potentially beginning of next year. Um, things that you guys are going to be excited about. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah, that's all I can say. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so excited. Does the first name of this project start with pod? <laughs> um, no, actually. What? Oh, I thought maybe a podcast. I would have loved that. Are you getting married to someone with the first name groceries? <laughs> <laughs> Not saying who it is. Right. And will you change your last name, which we don't know, to Joe? <laughs> no, they asked, They actually asked me to be the next Bachelorette. Oh, (laughs) yeah, right. (laughs) Oh, my God. There's the trailer right there. Can't wait. That's the team. Tallest bachelorette ever with the best pair of social content. Tallest bachelorette. But you guys can find me at Chelsea Vaughn on everything. Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. Um, But yeah. I can't wait for your secret project. Me too. I'm I'm super excited. But I'm like, do you have another hour that we can talk about whatever this baby (laughs) I'm also like curious and I don't want to derail this, but you're like, I'm taking a break from modeling to do TikTok and Instagram. And I'm like, aren't they kind of the same thing? Is modeling becoming TikTok? Yeah, no, it's very like, it's kind of synonymous at this point. Like I definitely do some partnerships where they ask me to model things, but then I also post them on my Instagram. So it's like, they've kind of all morphed into one Mm -hmm. as far as, yeah, that's concerned. But I just haven't done any like runway or any like super traditional modeling in a, in a while. You make your own runway, Aaron Clancy style. <laughs> What's your favorite platform, if I may ask? Uh, my favorite platform for like me as a regular person, just to, like enjoy and have fun is TikTok. Okay. But like for, yeah, no, it's TikTok actually. Because Instagram is just like not that much fun anymore. Like it just feels like work. Yeah. Have you gotten into the metaverse at all? What's that? <laughs> Virtual reality. I'm just curious. Look, you're a very astute parasocial player. You're on all the platforms. You're doing it at a very high level. And I'm always curious about, you know, somebody like you who understands this shit at a a very deep level. Are you looking forward to the next thing? Like what's going to come after TikTok? I'm really flattered by you guys. I like, I don't necessarily understand that I understand it at such a deep level but I think it's just like ingrained in me like I grew up with this like I've had Instagram forever you know and and Facebook and MySpace and all that um I don't know I just feel like it's very time consuming and draining when there's like another platform like I'm no I'm not looking forward to another platform because then I have to get on it and understand it and be good (laughs) at it and like be the first one to do things and gain some more followers on that like even people are like, I'm starting YouTube channels. And I'm like, I, I don't want to do that. I'm so sorry. Yeah, <laughs> It's enough already. I think your ex-paramore is into it. Matt James. He is, he is in the metaverse. He's selling NFTs. He's doing it all. He's selling NFTs. I mean, more power to him. I'm sure he's making bank. He's doing lots of stuff. Um, I'm just sticking to Instagram and TikTok right now. 
All right. Fair enough. Um, well, whatever you move on to, we'll be watching for sure. And uh, we can't thank you enough for taking the time to sit down and talk to us about all this stuff today. Yes. Thank you guys for having me. I'm I'm honored to be officially in the pit. <laughs> As are we. Oh, honored and humble. We're honored. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I can't wait for these secret projects. We'll uh, We'll see if there's any strong parasocial plays about them to be discussed. Yes. Stay tuned. And thank you for following me on all of your million accounts. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much to Chelsea Vaughn uh, Hancock. I don't, we don't know her last name. (laughs) Why Hancock? But I like to, because isn't that what you say for an unknown person, John Hancock? It's Doe. John Doe. Oh, John Doe, excuse me. John Hancock was a signer of the Declaration of Independence. And uh, that's it's just commonly known that he had the biggest signature on the document. So people will say, give me your John Hancock when they say, give me your signature. All right, I've mixed up my metaphors once again. Chelsea <laughs> Von Doe, excuse me. Um, <laughs> go follow her right now if you want your parasocial experience to be leveled up thank you so much for your thoughtful answers to all of our questions and gore girl summer continues there's going to be way more to come absolutely and thank you everyone who joined us for this one today and be sure to check out our twibbon coming up at the end of this week as well as always even in the off season Shit is popping off on a daily basis. There's some huge news. Obviously, what's been going on with Becca Tilly. We're going to be covering that in Twibbon and much, much more. So please join us for that. And before we go, as always, what is that dwab at? It has been 7,365 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be. Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then. 